Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. The pre-med year, session number 182. Hello and welcome to the pre-med years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Now, if you're not part of our Facebook Hangout group, you need to be. Go to medicalschoolhq.net slash group and click join this group, I think is what the button says, and you will be part of our group. In this group, a lot of people have been sharing something recently about an article that went uh, that was published on the Scientific American blog. And it's a guest blog from a medical student. And hit, the title of the the article is It's Time to Retire Pre-Med with the subtitle of The Existing System of Pre-Medical Education is Broken and Needs to be Fixed. That's what I'm going to talk about today, this, this article. So I'll have a link to this specific blog post in the show notes for this specific podcast, which you can find at medicalschoolhq.net slash 182. Now, I want to I go kind of stepwise through this blog post and talk about what I think is good, what I think is bad, and we'll talk about it uh, in depth. If there's anything from this uh, article, this blog post, that, that you disagree with, um, with what I'm saying, please go continue the conversation over at medicalschoolhq.net slash 182. Now, he starts off the... the Nathaniel is the the student that wrote this article, and he starts off by talking about a a lab class, chemistry lab class that he's in, and how one of the students, one of the the girls in the class, dropped her beaker or whatever container she was carrying, and it broke. And one of the classmates cheered, did a fist pump, and cheered that this girl dropped her beaker. Because supposedly, according to Nathaniel, this student was glad that somebody else had failed this experiment because that means that he would do better. The student that was fist pumping would do better. And he finished up with a one-line thing that said, this is what it's like to be pre-med. And I disagree with that bold statement because that, that's not what it's like to be pre-med. That's what it's like to be a person who doesn't care about other people. 
Now, in my notes, I originally wrote that this is what it's like to be a classless human being. I kind of stepped back, although I still told you what I wrote down. To, to cheer at somebody else's failing is not a pre-med student. To cheer at somebody else failing is a classless human being. Cutting down others isn't something you find only in the pre-med world, though. It's not unique to being a pre-med student. Trying to get ahead at the expense of others is a symptom of being a bad person. It has nothing to do with being a pre-med student. I wouldn't want this person who's cheering at a classmate dropping the beaker to be my physician. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't want them to be my physician. But I also wouldn't want this person teaching my kids in school. I wouldn't want them serving me in a restaurant. That's just not somebody I would want to associate with. Now, let's step back and actually analyze what this student was doing. Were they truly cheering for the, the fact that this student dropped the beaker and, and it supposedly made this person's job as a pre-med that much easier? I, I don't know if I agree with that because one of the, the things that we do as humans, we, we cheer when, when something happens, right? If you go to a sporting event and something bad happens, it, it's part of the sport, right? We cheer. If you're at a restaurant and you hear uh, a server or uh, somebody in the, the back of the house, a cook or somebody drop a plate or drop a tray of stuff, what do people do? They laugh, they clap, they cheer. So I don't know if this one person that's fist pumping and cheering and clapping is a pre-med student who's being so cutthroat that they're, they're, they're um, getting ahead at the, the expense of their classmate or they're just being a normal person and going, hey, good job, that was awesome and, and just kind of making it uh, a statement in that way. I don't know. But if we go by what this student is saying, what Nathaniel is saying, this student was cheering at the expense of another pre-med student. That's not being pre-med. That's just being a bad person. Nathaniel goes on to talk about the pre-med path and how hard it is to get into medical school and then residency and, and obviously becoming a physician. But Nathaniel says... Pre-med can be one of the most brutal and dehumanizing parts of medical training. Now, Nathaniel is a, is a medical student now. He hasn't had the fun of being a resident yet uh, or, or an intern. But I, I question the term dehumanizing. I, I challenge you to, to think back on your path, wherever you are at this point, and think about a part that has been dehumanizing humanizing, removing your human traits. Now, I don't, I don't know what's dehumanizing about this path. If he's saying working hard towards a goal is dehumanizing, then, then I'm guilty. I, I've been dehumanized. Is the pre-med path brutal? I, I don't know if I would say it's brutal. It's certainly hard, but it's you're working hard towards a goal of becoming a physician to be able to treat people, to have the privilege of treating people. I think that's a great goal. It's a, a hard goal to accomplish, and the journey to that goal is hard, and it's long. 
but it's worth it. Now, is it is it hard? Yes. Is it stressful? Yes. Are there long nights? Yes. Are there times when you doubt yourself? Yes. Are there times when you want to give up? Yes. That's not dehumanizing and brutal. That's working towards a hard goal. That's all. Working hard towards a goal. Now, if you if you look at some some articles that were published recently about millennials and having grit, I think maybe this article or, or that statement itself about being brutal and dehumanizing, I think we as a society are getting softer and softer. And so when somebody makes the decision to be pre-med and want wanting to go to medical school, we uh, as as a society have been getting softer. And so when we go through this process, we think it's the worst thing in the world because, oh my God, it's so hard. And the, I didn't get a trophy every step of the way. And I didn't have a graduation after every step of the way. There was I, I had some friends recently posting on Facebook about their their kid graduating, having a graduation ceremony from like preschool or kindergarten, whatever it was. And and it, I just laughed. I, we we celebrate way too much the easy stuff, and we we don't respect the hard stuff. And I, I think this student is is not respecting the hard stuff, and he instead is calling is it calling it dehumanizing. Now, he does do a good job, Nathaniel does do a good job in this article about talking talking about where a lot of our pre-med, our medical school prereqs come from. Now, he, he talks about going back into the early 1900s, how there was this Flexner report for the Carnegie Foundation. Back in the day, the admissions process into medical school, there weren't a lot of, there, there weren't a lot of criteria. Uh, the standards were very low, and so Flexner came out with this report and said, here's what we should be looking at when we are, are evaluating pre-med students to get into medical school. And that's where most of our prereqs come from. So medical schools started using this report and what Flexner had talked about and said, okay, these are the requirements, all of all of the pre-med students who want to go to the school need to take all of these classes. And historically, it's been a year of biology, a year of chemistry, a year of physics, and organic chemistry. And, and, and uh, usually some biochemistry in there as well. Uh, English for some schools as well. And the MCAT, obviously the test to get into medical school, is a test that kind of formed around all of these prereqs as well. So the, the MCAT tests towards these prereqs, the medical schools require the prereqs. And that's the a lot of what Nathaniel talks about in this article is how these prereqs are outdated and don't necessarily make a good physician. So this is what we're going to talk about. He specifically says it's an outdated and broken system and it has to be fixed. Now, I disagree with that statement. Being a pre-med isn't a broken system. And we'll, we'll dig into why I think it's necessary to have the system that we have. What is broken is the information that's inside the system, inside the pre-med world, perpetuated by 
student doctor network for the most part, perpetuated by pre-meds that don't know anything other than what they've read on student doctor network. And when you get that sort of information bouncing around everybody's heads, then it seems like you have to be a perfect 4.0 student. You have to take four years of hard sciences. You have to have a 4.0 GPA. You have to have thousands of hours of shadowing and clinical experience and travel the world and cure cancer and be the next Mother Teresa. That's what is broken with our system. The fact that that, that type of information keeps getting perpetuated day in and day out on websites like Student Doctor Network and by pre-meds talking to other pre-meds. That's what needs to be fixed. And that's what we try to do here at the pre-med years uh, on old pre-meds and just the medical school headquarters in general. Nathaniel talks about how the first issue is that the required basic science classes have become largely irrelevant irrelevant to modern medicine. Now, Nathaniel isn't a physician yet. He's a fourth year, but he's, he's, he's to a point where he sees what knowledge is being used to be a physician. So I'm not going to knock him for not being a physician yet, but I'm going to say that this statement, that it's irrelevant to modern medicine, is completely false and ridiculous. The basic sciences help you build a foundation of knowledge and information about how we as humans and how your future patients, how they work. It teaches you how to think critically. It teaches you the scientific method. These are vital to being a physician. Now, is it true that I don't remember 99% of my undergrad basic sciences classes? Yes. I don't remember much of it. If I tried to take the MCAT today, I would fail miserably. If there was a failing score on the MCAT, which there isn't, I would fail. I would fail basic chemistry, basic biology at this point because I don't use that specific knowledge. But it doesn't mean that I don't still use what I learned going through the process of taking those classes. What I've learned to to pass those classes, to do well in those classes, what was taught to me, I still learn. That's still part of me. The the specific information that was tested day in and day out in those classes, I don't remember that. But I use use that information that's now part of me. And that makes me a better physician because of that. So to say that it's irrelevant to modern medicine is ridiculous. It's, it's just, I don't, I don't even, I don't even want to talk about it anymore because it's, it's crazy. He talks about the, the basic sciences, the, the basic science classes have turned into factories of cutthroat competition. Now I'll go back to what I was talking about earlier. Being cutthroat isn't part of being pre-med. It's part of being a bad person that doesn't know any better because they think that they have to be cutthroat because that's what Student Doctor Network has told them they need it to be. And this isn't a knock on Student Doctor Network. It's a very useful site outside of the pre-med world on there. Um, there there's tons of great information. I, I know the guy that, that started Student Doctor Network, 
But the students that are posting on Student Doctor Network are perpetuating this information that you have to be cutthroat, that you have to get ahead of your quote unquote competition. And if you've listened to this podcast enough, you know that I talk about collaboration, not competition. There are plenty of seats in medical school for students that deserve a spot in medical school. You can work well with your classmates and everybody will do better because of that. You're not helping a fellow classmate or you helping a fellow fellow classmate is not hurting your chances of getting into medical school. The only competition for medical school is you. That's all. It's just you. What he, he goes and talks about next, he says, making matters worse, professors frequently grade students on a curve. In other words, students' grades don't depend on their own performance, but rather the comparison to their peers. And, and again, this is one where I, I adamantly disagree with this. Your only competition is you. If, if you do poorly on a test and it's curved, you're going to do poorly. If you do very well on a test and it's curved, you're still going to do very well. You are in control of your own curve. Only you. If you get 100%, your curve is, the, cur- the curve is not going to affect you very much. If, if, if you do very well, it's not going to affect you. You control the curve, not your classmates. He talks about how the classes have become known as weed-out courses for their role in, in chopping down the students who can't cut it. And I'll agree with this point. Yes, organic chemistry is typically known as a weed-out course. Organic chemistry is very different in the basic science world as far as medical school prereqs because the the thinking that is required for organic chemistry is different. There, there's just a different th- way of thinking for orgo that is required. And a lot of students don't do well with that. And that's where they go, you know what? They throw their hands up and they say, I'm done being a pre-med student. I'll do something else. I agree with that. But we'll talk a little bit more about this in a little bit. One of the first things, besides the, the weed out part, the, one of the first things that I agreed with is his statement about how we all want compassionate, well-rounded physicians to care for us. That's exactly who I want as a physician. We want doctors who can work in teams and who put patients' interests first. Yes, that's exactly who I want as a physician. He nailed that on the head. But they're not mutually exclusive. Being a compassionate, well-rounded physician and doing well in the basic sciences and and doing well in the pre-med, the medical school prereqs, those aren't mutually exclusive. You can't you don't do well as a pre-med and turn out to be a non-compassionate physician. So there's there's a little uh, uh, disconnect there, but I agree that that's what we want. He said, we should look for budding doctors who dream of caring for patients and spend their college years developing diverse passions. Students who study the injustices of socioeconomic disparities, 
The intricacies of music theory or the beauty of poetry can also make great physicians. Yes, yes, and yes. Another comment that I wholeheartedly agree with. People who aren't hard science majors that have experience outside of the hard sciences are sometimes, mostly, more well-rounded than those other students. So I agree with that. Those are the kinds of people that we would love to have as physicians. A lot of what he talks about is the FlexMed program at, um, at Icon School of Medicine. Now, I've had uh, Dr. Muller on from Icon School of Medicine talking about FlexMed. You can, you can listen to that episode all about FlexMed at medicalschoolhq.net slash 16. That was at session 16. That was a long time ago. We're at 182. That was session 16. Now, FlexMed, if you aren't aware, it's a program that, that Icon School of Medicine does where they accept students that apply during their second year of undergrad. And if they are accepted, they don't have to take the MCAT. They don't have to take some of the upper-level science courses that are typically required in quotes uh, in quotes by most medical schools half of the class is made up of flex med students or up up to half of the class is made up of flex med students and so he's pointing to the fact that there's a study done by the by the flex med flex med people by Dr. Muller that showed that these students who did well in the humanities part of school, did just as well in medical school as the, the quote-unquote traditional pre-med students, the ones that were, were more of the hard sciences. So they do just as well in medical school, and that's great. That, that's showing that you don't have to be a hard sciences student to do well in medical school. And And... Nathaniel is basing a lot of his argument on this fact that you don't you you can be a humanities person and and do well in medical school and I don't disagree with that and he's calling Nathaniel's calling for this change in 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 the pre med world getting rid of these classes but what he fails to mention if you go to FlexMed and you look at what they require when you apply they require a year of chemistry college chemistry not AP. They require a year of college biology. They require a semester of physics. Does this sound familiar? You still need the basic sciences to apply to FlexMed, which is a humanities-based program for pre-med students. So that kind of throws out his argument that we don't need basic sciences. We do need basic sciences. They teach us something. They give us a foundation for what we're going to be learning in medical school. And, and as we continue to learn as physicians. Now, what they don't have is organic chemistry and biochemistry, which, okay, you, you learn some biochem in medical school. Organic chemistry, okay, maybe, because it's a little bit different, uh, more three-dimensional thinking, a little bit different. You don't need that. I'll, I'll go with that. That's okay. But it still requires those basic chemistry, biology, 
and uh, the other things as well. So what FlexMed is, is truly doing is showing students that they don't have to be hard science majors to go to medical school. And this is, I think, the key point. This is what we should be screaming from the rooftop. You don't have to be a chemistry major. You don't have to be a biology major. You don't have to be a microbiology major. You can go and major in whatever you want and go to medical school. If you look at the grand scheme of things of, of the, the medical school prereqs, they're just a small portion of the total time that you spend in undergrad, that you have plenty of time to be branching out and exploring some of your other passions, figuring out what else it is that you like that makes you a better human being. Go figure that out. Don't take more of the hard science classes. Don't take more of the upper-level chemistry, biology classes. You don't need those to be a good physician. You need some basic science knowledge, the, the chemistry, biology, some physics. That's what being a good pre-med student is all about, is learning how to be a good human, a compassionate person, but you need those science classes to be a good physician. Now, I want to take you back in the, the middle of, around the middle of his article, he talked about a student, a, a classmate that was pre-med with him and who, who stopped being a pre-med, quit being a pre-med. And he asked Nathaniel, he says, why do we have to do this to help patients? And that's what I want to finish up with here, is you have to do this to help patients because you have to have a solid foundation to be a knowledgeable physician. You have to have that science foundation. You have to. The key to being a great physician, though, as, as Nathaniel talked about, about being compassionate and well-rounded and, and doctors who can work in teams, that comes from being a good person not from being a typical or not typical cutthroat pre-med. That's what I want to leave you with. You have to have that foundation. But being a cutthroat pre-med, competing against your classmates, that's not going to make you a good physician. It's never too soon to start working as a team, collaborating and not competing with your fellow pre-meds. That's what makes you a great physician. So I'll end with that. If you disagree with what I'm saying, I would like to hear it. Go to medicalschoolhq.net slash 182, leave a comment, and, and we can discuss this. And uh, I would love to discuss it with you. If you have uh, any questions, anything else, any suggestions for topics for the podcast, you can always email me, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. I do want to thank a minute and thank a couple new reviews in iTunes. We have uh, Drew Melendez who says, thought-provoking and informative. Thank you for that review. We have uh, Brain Like Berkeley who says, very encouraging. I started listening to this podcast about two months ago and there's so much I've learned regarding everything medical school related 
especially postbacks, shadowing, and the MCAT. So thank you for that review, Brain Like Berkeley. And we have one more here from Clinical Researcher who says, phenomenal podcast, the depth and breadth of topics they cover far exceeds any other resource. I highly recommend it for every pre-med. Thank you for that, Clinical Researcher. If you haven't taken a minute yet to leave us a rating interview, I would love for you to do so. Medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes. Every time you do that, it validates what we're doing here for you, helping guide you on your path to becoming a physician. I encourage you to, to again, read the article, listen to what I talked about, and, and let me know what you think. If you agree, if you don't agree, I want to know. I, I, I'd be very interested in, in what you think. Again, medicalschoolhq.net slash 182 is, is where uh, you can comment on this. I want to take a second and thank our sponsor for today's show, Gap Medics. Now, if you're a high school student or an undergrad student thinking about becoming a physician, one of the best things that you need to do, or one of the best things that you could do, that you need to do as soon as possible, is shadow a physician. Figure out if being a physician is really what you want to do. And the, the experience that you need to do to get that is shadowing a physician. What Gap Medics does is take shadowing to a whole new level by doing shadowing abroad programs. Now, their pre-medicine internship programs are a tailored combination of mentoring, observation, and tutorial. They offer a unique insight into the rewards and demands of a medical career. Now, not only are you shadowing a physician, but you're traveling abroad. You're learning cultures. You're interacting with different people, which makes you ultimately a better person and in the future, a better physician. They have amazing opportunities in East Africa, in Poland, in the Dominican Republic. Amazing, amazing places to travel and see and also get that experience that you need to truly understand what life is like as a physician to, to know that you're going through this process because you want to and not just because your parent wants you to be a physician or because you thought it looked cool on Grey's Anatomy. Go to medicalschoolhq.net slash gapmedics to find out more about how you can apply to one of these amazing internship programs offered by Gapmedics. Thank you, Gapmedics, for sponsoring the pre-mid years. Thank you, Gapmedics, for supporting the pre-med years. All right, I hope you got a ton of great information out of the podcast today. And as always, I hope you join us next week here at the medical school headquarters and the pre-med years. The pre-med year, session number 120, 120, I'm way past 120, let's restart that one.